What's going on, good people? Sauce Talk is back here on a Thursday. I want to say, first off, it's not Joel Embiid's fault. But it is Donovan Mitchell's fault. When you have the team, when you are the the bread and butter of said team, there's a lot that comes with it. There's a lot that comes with it. Injured or not, there is too much that comes with being the guy. And from what I've seen, NB has done his part. Jonathan Mitchell, first couple games, seemed like he was doing his part. But now you're starting to settle and take too many threes. And now look at your game. You can't get inside. It's you're you're settling just a little bit too much to where you got off to a slow start to where you could have won. You could have beat Paul George. But we're gonna get into the thick of things with these both games. Cause both games two two. Okay? Both teams are on a path of epic collapse. One team loses their best player. The other team has their best player just a little hop. But Clippers have Paul George. Jazz have Bogdanovich. Jordan Clarkson. Gobert. Who played good, by the way? I didn't see nothing bad from his game. He did what he was supposed to do. Now, there were points to where I would say, Rudy... You shouldn't be letting Reggie Jackson screw you like that. But to a point to say, you shouldn't let Quinn Snyder should do something to prevent Reggie Jackson having these premium one-on-ones with Rudy Gobert in the perimeter. It just makes no sense to me to how that happens. Then we got Bogdanovich happy to be, like I said, Bogdanovich, it's okay for him to be the, the second scorer. It's okay. It's not it's nothing highly wrong with that. But what's wrong with it is that who else is going to step up that can get their own shot? Because Bogdanovich is the best right corner three-point shooter. He's a catching shooter. He's a defender, underrated defender. And, and that's what he does. To ask him to be a what Marcus Morris has brought to the table or a Reggie Jackson, that might be a little bit too much to ask. So I feel bad for the Jazz to be this regular season juggernaut. Can't have Mike Conley. That hurts. And and you and you're getting back to regular ordinary numbers for a guy like Jordan Clarkson or a Royce O'Neal or a um, or Ingles, twelve, 
15, which is not horrible. But Clarkson, we need 25 from you. Marcus Morris got 27. Jeff Green got 27 for KD yesterday. I mean, two days ago. Seth Curry got Joel Embiid 37. Tobias Harris only scored four. The players are supposed to step up. They they know who they are. Tobias Harris. Uh, 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 um, uh, like I said, I mentioned Jeff Green. Blake Griffin stepped up. But where is the guys, there's other guys that don't? Because those guys know Marcus Morris is Reggie Jackson's. The Paul Georges who saw his star player be out. So he knew he was the other star, so I got to step up. Kevin Durant recognizing, hey, I'm the best player in the world to me. So I got to show out. Period. That's the beauty of it. That is the that is the holy sanctified whatever you want to call it. But that is the beauty of it. When you sit there and you have a momentum, an advantage, Philly, momentum, advantage. You gotta take you gotta take total Total, total, total control of that. You can't just let that go on the wayside. And let a half like that to where you let Lou Williams. Lou Williams, who steps up. Another player that recognizes, hey, this is where I step up in these situations. Lou Williams goes off. No defense. You got Seth Curry on him, and he's getting torched. There's no excuse for that. There is no excuse for that. None whatsoever. Shake Milton getting his little man. That's that get that inconsistent junk out of here, man. Big ups to Lou Williams. Big ups to Trey Young, Ice Trey. People that were sitting there thinking that this guy was just going to be a, you know, I don't know, some ball hog bum. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he, 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 you know, he don't like the pass, you know, or whatever. You know, he, 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 he's going to take deep threes. I've heard all this stuff. Even Bill Simmons got checked. But at, uh, 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 Kleitzman, whatever his name is, man, he good, uh, got, he'd be on there and be a guest on Bill Simmons' show. Big ups to Bill Simmons. I don't. Just like Bill Simmons, I love his show. I love his content. I think he's one of the best podcasters out there. But, yeah, the rewatchables are my favorite. But what I'm saying is is that people had negative vibes toward Trey Young entering the NBA because of Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic hit the game, winning shot to win overseas. People were like, oh, my God, he's the first pick of the draft. He didn't go first pick. He went to the Mavericks, but it was the trade between the Mavericks and the Hawks. The Hawks didn't want Luka. They wanted trade. So what did the Hawks get? They got ridiculed. They got, oh, you. they got Trey Young because of the culture and all that stuff like that. Look at Trey Young now. Look at Trey Young now. 3-2. Up on Philly. 29 points one game with 37 points last night. 17 assists one game. Floaters at the wazoo. Deep threes. Shoulder shrugging. Let's rub the shoulders, orange. It's getting a little cold in here. Man, look here. 
Steph Curry came to watch Steph Curry, but uh, he ended up seeing a, 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 a little bit of a baby brother of himself, and that's Trey Young. That man went off, but big ups to Steph Curry though, man, putting the work in and never really letting the the, the cat, never letting his brother's fame and things of that nature stop his grind to things to be successful in the NBA. And I think finding your niche and keep working at it can turn into him being a starter, him being something of a scorer. And somebody's like, hey, you got to watch Seth. Seth could be a 20-point scorer. He could. He's got the – I've seen it. He's got the skills to get the separation for jump shots. He can drive to the rim and finish. He can catch and shoot, of course. And he's hitting transition threes. So he's doing all the things that's been done in the NBA right now that is that is successful, and he does it at a high clip. So Seth Curry could have a, a, a if he wouldn't have tore his knee, if he wouldn't have messed his meniscus up in Dallas, he probably would have been still been in Dallas. But that happened. Trace course, you go you go to another team, and then you go end up being a Philly. This could be perfect for him, but it's just not perfect for one person. I ain't mentioned his name yet because. You know what? Isn't that important to mention that the fact that they got a guy that was pretty much the marquee of the process? The marquee of the process. Who is it? Ben Simmons. The marquee guy of the process is Ben Simmons. And what did he give you? Five, six points, seven rebounds, nine assists. Man, look here. They were laughing at Lonzo Ball. With those numbers. They were laughing at Lonzo Ball with those numbers. And here this guy does this in the playoffs. And people still want to play. He plays good defense. He makes good passes. Get out of here, man. When rubber meets the road. If they run a pick and roll, they're backing up. When he coming up to court, they're backing up. When he's driving to the rim, they're, they got a wall. Why? No jump shot. No three-point shot. Nothing threatening to make a defender be like, you know what? We're going to have to guard Ben Simmons a little bit differently. You know, nothing's changing. I've seen that man hit one two-handed jump shot all season. You know, I think it was the first round of the playoffs, or maybe it was like toward the end of the regular season. He did a little turnaround jumper. I ain't seen. He hit a three. He did hit a three earlier on in the, in the regular season. But as far as just a jump shot, something to make people be like, ooh, he might pull up right here, Kawhi Leonard style. He has none of that. None of it. And that, well, and that is why in second halves, Atlanta makes the adjustment. We're going to go hard charging. We're going to hit our mid-range shots. We're going to get our floaters off. We're going to get our threes with Gallinari. Gallinari stepping up big time. He's more important. Than, he's doing more than Ben Simmons. If you at least get 20 out of Tobias Harris, you don't even need Ben Simmons. But he gives you four out of 211. So so whenever Ben Simmons is non-existent, then you got two non-existent 6'10 bastards, man. That is, that is, that's horrible. Joel Embiid balling with a torn meniscus. Balling. It's unbelievable, it's unbelievable to see a team to go up 20-some points. That had a bigger collapse than Milwaukee. Way bigger collapse. It just is unbelievable. It's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. Jumping to the Clippers and Jazz game, 
you see here in the second quarter, I think it was the second quarter or so. No, it was it was <clears throat> second or third quarter, I want to say, uh, whenever uh, Donovan Mitchell tried to get it back going. I think it was around third quarter, he tried to get it back going, hit that little tough little uh, layup off the bank. But it's just like, dog, like, you got to keep going to the rim. Stop and hit the little mid-range. Do the little Dwayne Wade game. Quit pulling up for threes. You're coming off the screen. You're firing. Firing, man. And it's just not what I think would be best is to use a slow the game down and not take the threes you're taking. You took 14 threes, buddy. You only made four. If, if a smart man would sit there and look at you, they'd call you stupid. You shot 31% from the field at 619. Stop shooting threes, Donovan. That first game and second game is over with. Pull up. You know your quickness. That move you did, the ah-ta-ta, and then the spin move to go over the left. You could do that and pop the little jumper. You got to get back to that, the little mid-range, get to the top, the free throw line, get your rhythm going, get that jumper back going. Quit pulling up for damn threes. Let Ingles and uh, uh, Brogdonovich do that. Clarkson drive to the rim. Your 15 can turn into 27. Mr. 4 of 9. It only shot. Uh, uh, uh. No, he, he made 4. See, that's what I'm saying. He makes his threes. He makes his. He went 4 of 9. But he needs to get to the rim too. Brogdonovich, Ingles, Clarkson, they can do that part. O'Neal, Mitchell, y'all got to be rim runners. Niang doesn't need to be in the game. That little baby, little turnaround jumper that he did was only two points he got all game. Looked horrible. Don't put him in the game if you're not going to do nothing, man. Derek Favors can't do nothing. This team is a regular season team that needs an outer body performance by their star, but he's too busy jacking parking lot threes like he's freaking... Steph Curry, and you're not. Take it to the rim. Get your jumpers going. Slow the game down. You can get, keep doing that. They're going to collapse. Kick it out to open Ingles. Kick it out to open Bogdanovich. Kick it out to open Clarkson. Kick it out to open Neal. And if Niang's in the damn game, you can kick it out to him. And if they collapse, you can throw a lot to Gobert because he was ready to play. He gave you 17 and 10. No blocks, though. But they, they're doing a great job of... They're doing a great job with, with Gobert on the block shots. Is that He's changing shots, but he's getting fouls because how the, underneath they're getting under him. Reggie Jackson doing a good job of it. Paul George doing a nice job of stopping and popping. That's what Donovan needs to do. People are finding different ways to score on Gobert to where he can't block shots. But he's changing shots. He's altering shots. Fourth personal fouls. Got to be careful not to be swiping for block shots, but 17 to 10, coming down to running the floor, a big monkey dunk, then a big putback dunk, he's balling, I can't say nothing bad about Gobert, but I can say something bad about Donovan Mitchell, quit shooting to the damn threes, there's no need, there's no need, now one thing I can't say about Reggie Jackson is that, when he was in the Thunder, he's playing like how he was at the Thunder. When they gave him the $85 million Detroit did and all that stuff, he, he wasn't that same Reggie Jackson. Now he's back being that guy. He's not making that type of money. He's uh, back humbled. He's back trying to – he knows he's on a winner. He's trying to win a championship. Now you're seeing a real good twitchy 
Reggie Jackson. Twitch quick, get to the rim. His jump shot is looking great. Um, wow. I mean, he somebody's gonna pay him some money the way he's playing, but will he live up to it? That's the thing. It's like in these moments you find different players are just really gonna just live up for the moment. And Reggie Jackson right now is being that. He's being the guy that is living up to the moment. Marcus Morris is being astronomical hot right now from three. And, and it's crazy the way he's helping out. Terrence, man, man. That's a man. And he's balling. Dunk, don't go, Barry. The big three in the fourth quarter. He's a hustle guy. He goes and got there and gets it. I like Terrence Mann's game. Second year out of Florida State. The guy's good. Um, another shout out I had to give to uh, Paul George. I mean, all the stuff, the playoff P and stuff like that, you showed up. You 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 did it. 37, 12, 5, 6, 6. You was being the leader out there on the floor. You dictated what was going to be. Y'all were down 12 some points. You brought them back along with the help of Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. But, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you got to do. Kevin Durant stared that right in the eye, and he's a way better player than Paul George. And he knew what he had to go out there and do. That's why he had 49, 17, and 10. Way better players, way better numbers. But that's what you got to do. Now, to do it again... It's the hard part. Giving Kawhi back would be big because to do that again, I'm not sure. Now, you gotta, you got to be able to protect your home court, win your home court, go and advance to the finals, um, conference finals, you know what I'm saying, do, it, you know, do that. Or Utah's going to come out there and smash you, go back home and have a, the epic game seven. Same thing goes for Milwaukee. Same thing goes for Philly. you got to now get back to your home court. This ain't no game six. This is a game seven. You lose this game, you're gone. You know that. Hawks got to know. You lose this game, you're gone. Clippers know. If you lose, you're gone. That home court, I would say now, I want to give it automatic because Clippers been good on the road and um, and stuff, but I would say more so the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers do not want to lose this game in Atlanta. And it's going to be so hard to win this game, but they cannot, man. They're going home. But if they if they so happen to win, I think the crowd in Philly will propel them over Atlanta in the game seven. Hopefully Tobias Harris will have a better game. I mean, because they was winning that game. They had to control. The crowd was going. They was up 20 points. It was just all Embiid. Embiid had 24 and 10 in the first half. Steph, Seth Curry was going crazy in the first half. You had Shake Milton making some little shots here. Thibble was hitting some shots. Everything was going, but Tobias wasn't. Ben wasn't. So when you slow down, uh, Embiid, who had 24 in the second and the first half, he finished with 37 or 39. So he wasn't gangbusters scoring 20 some points in the second half. So who else was scoring? Nobody. 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 Crucial, man. It's crucial. It's crucial. Big time crucial. Big time crucial. Legacies matter. Legacies are being born. Legacies are being snapped. Legacies are being crushed as we speak. And B's trying to capitalize on the legacy. Meanwhile, it's getting a little wavery. Trey Young is trying to build up on the legacy this beginning. Paul George is trying to correct things in his legacy. Donovan Mitchell is trying to create a bigger legacy. 
when we got Chris Paul is just trying to be COVID free. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I still in disbelief over the fact that this man has to be in COVID protocol. Right, right. I mean, like, God, are you kidding me? Like, where did you go? Did you go to freaking, <sighs> well, how did you get COVID? Like, does anybody else on the team got it? Like, is everybody tested? And Chris Paul is the only one that came up. Like, where'd you take your kids somewhere? I mean, Jesus. It, that's, that, that hurts. It hurts. It hurts so hardly, man. It really does. Um, Like I said, we know what's at stake, man. We know what's popping. I gave you the best. Well, I can say, I'm going to leave it alone after this and move on to the next topic is that in the fourth quarter, these referees need to get better, man. These referees are going to have to get better. One thing I noticed is that Donovan Mitchell did turn into a man in the fourth quarter and was taken to the rim. He took it to the rim, made a hell of a move, got fouled, I thought, did not get a foul call. Paul George comes right back down, and he hits a jumper and one jumper to where, where did Royce O'Neal foul that, man? Where? Where? Where was that foul at? Compared to when Donovan Mitchell went to the lane with two people contacting him, but no foul. But Paul George comes down there, jab steps three times, baby times, and then gets that call? Ah, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, that is a horrible call right there. Good shot, horrible call. I just looked at that as like more of an act of a foul than a foul. Like, that wasn't something I would say Royce O'Neal just slapped his arm or made it. That was something he saw. Royce O'Neal's arm out. I'm going to go up like this and all to make the shot. They practice that shit. Bad call. Bad call. Bad call. Bad call. But Doc Rivers... Buddy Hoser, you're getting out coached. Y'all getting ran. Y'all having leads and losing them. Y'all don't know what to do with certain matchups. Boot Hoser, you let James Harden jog around for forty some minutes, and he was effective. Like, how do you let that happen? You don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't attack that man at all. You don't make that guy be like, look, I need to be over here sitting down, because I think if Popovich had a Harden out there seeing that. Popovich would have had that man running up through screens and every damn thing. Harden would have been like, take me out. Take me out, coach. Take me out, Nash. Take me out. But Booty Hoser, you're not Popovich. Doc Rivers, you're not great either. You're getting um, outcoached at the, at the wazoo. You know, somebody said Lou Williams was probably in the uh, bench uh, sitting there saying, Doc is not going to change anything. Let's just keep doing this because he's not going to adjust. And that could be true. But, I mean, somebody should go walk up to Ben Simmons and say, look, man, what you going to do, bro? What you going to do? Because people are expecting you to be something better than this. Because that's just horrible. He might as well not even be in the game. He has not shot the ball in the fourth quarter more than five times since, 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 since freaking Easter. A man who's supposed to be the star of the team, six foot ten, athletic and pass and defend and all that stuff, can't even shoot the ball five plus times in the fourth quarter. Magic could, passer, facilitator, <laughs> Jason Kidd could, Ross Strickland could, Kenny Anderson could, Lamar Odom. I'm just naming guys that 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 were 
playmakers, facilitators, guys who can score and make plays for others. He can only just make plays for others. And we're going to call that a superstar? You're get the fuck out of here. Moving on. July 24th. Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder. Press conference already in. Deontay Wilder comes out there, headphones on, no talking, no nothing. Got Malik Scott doing all the damn talking, which he needs to shut the hell up. Tyson Fury said it plain as day, hey, I feel Tyson Fury is going to go out there and do what Tyson Fury does. Deontay Wilder is going to come out there and do the same thing Deontay Wilder has always done and not work on the new things that Malik Scott has taught him. And that's why he feels that he's going to knock out Deontay Wilder even sooner. He said he's putting on weight. He said he's giving up about 300 pounds. He said he's going to be, you know what I'm saying, looking to be powerful, looking to be a one-punch knockout, he said, over Deontay Wilder. So July 24th. It's June 17th right now. We got we got some time for it. Um, Deontay Wilder, like I said, they had a standoff and a face-off for five minutes. Not one word uttered. Now, I'm pretty sure Tyson Fury was uttering some, like, you know, stuff. But Deontay Wilder, sunglasses, headphones, stone cold face. Not one word. Malik Scott did all the talk, which stupid because he was talking about him. Like, what is, what is it about? It's about Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. We're not here to talk about your eardrum. Only thing Tyson Fury said to you was, I don't understand, which I said the same thing. I don't understand a man who goes and get a trainer that he knocked out and a trainer that ain't great in the ring, which that's not a big time prerequisite, but it's just to help out Wilder's game, it might have, should have been. But to get a yes man, I just don't think that was helpful for Wilder. He got a yes man, a trainer. He got a yes man. Somebody's like, yeah, Wilder, you know, they've been friends and stuff. Hey, you knock my ass out. You know what I'm saying? Let me help me train you. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Who knows how well this is going to work? I'm a little skeptical, but I'm voting for Wilder because I'm a Wilder fan. But it's tough to say Fury's going to lose because I feel that Fury is the best heavyweight. I think he's the best pure boxing heavyweight. So if he comes in there with some bully Tyson plan to go knock somebody out, he could get knocked out, Wilder. I mean, Fury could. But Wilder's going to have to implement the jab instead of fainting it. He's going to have to implement body shots instead of running from it. He's going to have to implement hard, good conditioning to know that I'm going to have to fight in the 7th, 8th, and ninth round. He has to know that. And that's throwing combinations. That's winning rounds, not sitting there like, ooh, I hit him with a hard one. I hit him with another one. And Nah, bro, because guys like Tyson Fury has been through that. He's been through it. He's a boxer's boxer. Wilder is not a student of the game. He's not a boxer's boxer. He's a person's dad. Wanted to provide and feed my family. I got to knock motherfuckers out. He wanted to play football. He wanted to play for Alabama soon. Uh, the Alabama uh, uh, Road Tide. He wanted to play for the Crimson Tide. But he saw that he could knock people out with a mean right hand. And he took up boxing. And ended up being a WBC world champion. The green belt. Can't get no better than that. He's tasted defeat almost so many times against a performer, uh, a former professional football player, uh, Ortiz. He's almost lost to. I mean, he's he's looked horrible in fights, but he knocked him motherfucker out. So that's when you know that somebody's not really taking boxing all the way to heart. But at this point now, your pride 
every all the memes and people joking and stuff. The outfit, the, the armor that came out in way too heavy. Your knees and all the stuff like that. Your legs and Fury was cheating with the gloves and all the arbitration and all that stuff like that. You gotta bottle all that up and bring that, bring that to July 24th and get your prize back because your pride prize and I would say in the eyes of a lot of boxing fans, they just thinking that right now you just, you in it for the check. They just thinking like, hell, this might be Wilder's last fight. That's what they thinking. Because people will want to see Fury versus Joshua. I wouldn't mind watching it either. I wouldn't mind watching Crawford versus uh, Spence. But we got Spence versus Pacquiao in August. Big time boxing, man. Big time boxing. Hope we can get that, that fight situated. Hope we can get Canelo and Charlo. Charlo's fighting this weekend. Got got Jamel going for the undisputed. Jamel, Charlo, in the 154 weight division. That's going to be interesting. Like I said, man, this weekend's going to be fun. Because we got basketball, we got boxing. Jamel Charlo, a fighter who lost to Tony Harrison, got his belt back by beating Tony Harrison in a rematch. Tony Harrison tried to dance and show Bo ended up getting finished. And now Jamel Charlo got his weight back in that division. Uh, uh, Jared Hurd took a big loss at 160, trying to implicate saying that he, what he wanted to do at 140, 154, and then lost to ours. In a very, very, very competitive fight. But that's what happens. That's what happens. So big ups to that. To to the to the to the to RS to you know to sit there and shake up a division. Cause he might move down to 154 now and bring that right hand, that bolo right hand. Cause he was talking about it. He said, shit, I might move down to 154. So hey, Jamel, you might get this fight. You might win it. You might get some call outs from Mr. Arias. You never know. Y'all, uh, another update I'm going to say. Y'all have to, um, I'm going to be trying to do some appearances on um, the Speaker app. Speaker is one of the um, debate apps where you can sit there and debate and be live. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, where you can flip channels and find different people debating. I'm going to be debating from a gentleman in uh, London, uh, go by the name of Ace. So I'm going to give y'all the schedule on that. We talking boxing majority of the time on that on speaker that's a nice little thing that i'm gonna get my boxing form out there as well on this show too um like i said a lot of you know it's just hitting summertime so fights is really starting to get going oscar de la hoya sitting there talking about hitting knockout canelo alvarez i mean he's tripping but i mean <laughs> them two are going at it which i kind of figured them two were going to start trading jabs on the on the internet because of where that breakup was so silent it's just so quick and it's just like wow they didn't Ain't have nothing to say, but now they're starting to have things to say. Oscar was sitting there saying that, you know, Canelo ain't fighting no slick black fighters, no slick fighters in general. He's fighting guys he know he can, you know, just walk through and punish. And, you know, Canelo's like, you know, he called him a traitor, so he need to shut up and stuff like that. But he's telling the truth a little bit there. I think Canelo is pound for pound number one. I think he is the top guy, but he do need to get in the ring of some guys that could bring a Floyd-type-esque fight towards him that he had trouble with. Uh, Ayers Landy Lara-type fight. To disrupt him. Just those things. Just those things. That could change a little bit. In his fight. To where we like. Oh Canelo's starting to lose. Because Triple G ain't going to be that. We knew Kovalev wasn't going to be that. We knew this Liam Smith wasn't going to be that. You know. A Caleb Plant. Mm, could be that. 
that Benavidez could be bigger enough to be that guy. But I still think he needs to fight Demetrius Andre. I still think he needs to fight Jamel Charlo. I still think he needs to fight Jamal Charlo. I still think he needs to fight guys that could just move around and box him. He's not running towards those guys. And those guys are out there. Let's talk about Manny Pacquiao and uh, Earl Spence. Manny Pacquiao is looking quick. He's looking fast. He's looking like he wants to be faster than Earl Spence. He says he is faster than Earl Spence. He says Spence is not as fast, and he says he can jump on him early and get get moving. You know, he comes in, pop, 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 steps out. He comes in, pop, 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 steps out. He wants to do that to Earl Spence. He wants to be able to catch Earl Spence when he wants to unload body shots or try to come in with the straight. He wants to be able to ping, 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 and get out of there. If they're gonna if they're gonna exchange, he wants to be quick on the exchange. He wants to get out. Errol Spence, what he's gonna have to do is that he's gonna have to use his age, and not so much trying to just squat and throw. You know, just he gonna have to move around, jab, be patient, and then start going to the body once he's once Pacquiao starts to be a little stationary. Because I think at this point in his age, Pacquiao's not gonna be pouncing up and up and around. He's gonna be having some moments where he's gonna be kind of surveying, standing still, and those moments where he can throw the jab and then throw the jab, throw the body shot like he did against Danny Jacobs. He's going to have to implement the body shots. That's going to have to work. Period. The body shots is going to have to work on Manny Pacquiao to get him down. It's just like if I saw Porter, just like had him against the ropes. He's going to get get that, get those moments to where he gets those, wins those exchanges to where he wins those rounds. We're going to have to see a totally different boxing game from Errol Spence, though, too, in that southpaw stance. It just... Just even switching out of it. He's going to switch out. So we got the week. It's going to be cool, man. It's going to be cool. I think boxing is doing a good thing. I think they're doing like a thing called, uh, I think the zone, matchroom boxing. They're doing a thing called training camp. They're having fights um, three different weeks out of the, um, here to come in, um, I think it's in July or, or August. I think it's, yeah, July. Where week one is going to be a host of fights. Week two is going to be a host of fights. I know Ebony Bridges is going to be out there. She's a bombshell of a boxer and she looks amazing. Um, we got Michaela Meyer fighting this weekend. Um, so the women fights are turning up. Uh, Clarissa Shields is one of the first MMA fight in a close one. You know what I'm saying? She's going to be trying to jump back into the boxing ring. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, um, uh, too. You know, she's just trying to make money. I dig it. Cause it's not a whole lot of money in women's boxing. There's a lot of money in boxing, but not women's boxing, but there is money in female MMA. So there you have that. Possibly down the road, we might have Amanda Nunes versus Clarissa Shields. You never know. You never know. Um, one big thing I can say in the MMA world is Francis Ngannou finally opened up his mouth and said, hey, John Jones, I heard you said you needed a year. Nigga, we could get in the ring tonight. We could get in the ring next month. What you talking about next year? It's just a fight. That's what he said back quote. It's just a fight, big guy. It's just a fight. So what we waiting for? John Jones like that. I'm trying to get my weight up. I'm trying to get my fight game up. Like, John, I think right at this point, now your time is starting to run out. You was able to get into the weight. Now you're working on what you're going to do with the weight. Now it's time to get that fight signed because now you're going to be called you ducking or whatever, waiting to see if Francis lose against somebody. Nah, let's make that fight happen now. John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. See what happens. You weigh too bad, but I heard, I heard John Jones weighing like 250 now. So let's get it. We don't need to wait till next year. We don't need no 220. We don't need no 2022. We need that. We need 2021. John Jones, Francis Nagano. 
Um, three things I don't want to see in the MMA or UFC. I don't want to see Ferguson back in the cage. I don't want to see Cowboys running back in the cage. And for the love of God, do not, do not, do not, do not bring back Brock Lesnar. And I'm hearing the, the wrinkles of it and stuff like that. It's over with. Do not bring back Brock Lesnar back in his octagon, okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. Whatever reason, just don't do it. The only person that I would allow to come back if they were fully focused and ready is GSP fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's the only two people that I would want to come back and see fight. Them two. That's it. We got Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor coming up. That 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 triple that that trilogy is going to be happening. Some fights, like I said, is going down. I can't wait. But like I said, we're going to find a forum to really talk about the fight game with my buddy Ace. And it's going to be on speaker. It's going to be on here, too. I'm going to be posting on here as well. Um, but uh, tonight, you know, we got Bucks. We got Nets. See if uh, Kevin Durant can, can can do what he do again. Can he do it? Can he do it? Is Greek is going to play in a more smarter way instead of brute force way? Can we get more point guard play out of Drew Holiday? He didn't do too bad. Had nine assists. You know, he shot the ball kind of well, but we need more floor general, especially with a 20-point lead. You got to know how to say, guys, let's maintain this. Let's maintain this. Forbes, you need to do better with your minutes because people were sitting there bragging about you. Middleton, keep playing hard. Don't, don't, don't think too much. Keep playing hard, Middleton. Keep playing hard. Guys like Brooke Lopez, don't let shit get over your head. Keep playing hard. Let's make this a seven-game series. Uh, you know, I want I want everything extended because I want Chris Paul back. So I don't want nothing moving fast or nothing because I want Chris Paul back on the court. So if anything can take slow, game sevens, postponements, whatever, I'm good with. I need Chris Paul back on the floor. And I need people to chill with the whole Javon Carter thing. I like Javon Carter, but I just don't think he's in the rotation for people thinking like, oh, Chris Paul's out. So Javon Carter's about to come and make a big. He didn't get in when Chris Paul was hurt. Against the Lakers. When Chris Paul was hurt against uh, um, the Nuggets, he didn't get in. So, I mean, I'm not shitting on Javon Carr at all. I'm just saying the uprising of it is kind of rudyish. I don't think he would like it too much. Chill with the whole Javon Carter thing, okay? He would get his time. He would get in there. Cameron Payne didn't pay his dues. He'd been on the bench doing the handshake and dance with Russell Westbrook, doing the Make-A-Wish kids, stuff like that. So, he paid his dues. So, he's getting his time now. So hopefully in the, in the future, Javon Carter may get his time, but he might get his time if if Chris Paul can't go. Who knows? But they got guys for that. So that's all what I was going to talk about today. Big ups to Paul George. Um, and like I said, Trey Young, good game, Joel Embiid and Seth Curry. Y'all really not much to blame there. I mean, I, Joel Embiid, you missed two big free throws. I can't say that. Those were two big free throws that you missed at the end. I don't know how the hell you missed those two free throws either. And then you Euro step to the which you might have been trying to draw the contact, but it's just like, man, make those. You gotta make those, big buddy. You gotta make those. But uh that's sauce talk for today. Be back talking to y'all tomorrow after this Bucks Nets game. Hope y'all enjoy y'all Thursday. Go check out my throwback Thursday video today on Facebook, Justin Austin A-L-S-T-O-N. Floyd Mayweather, pat, pat, papping up a tour Gotti. I do a throwback video every Thursday. Check out the story. It's going down. Y'all have a good one.